Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Okay, this is a first. Will you talk about what's happening around this table right now? Yes, but before I do, I need to read something. I'm not sure I can get through it, but I'm going to read something. This is a song. It says, I can still find Wiley's house. I can't even get to the second line. Riding on my bike with eyes closed. I could name every girl that he took out and from my memory dial his house phone. Can you take me back when we were just kids who weren't scared of getting older? Because no one knows you like they know you, and no one probably ever will. You can grow up, make new ones, but truth is there's nothing like old friends because you can't make old friends. And I've got some good friends now, but I've never seen their parents' back porch. I wouldn't change how things turned out, but there's no one in this time zone. This isn't our age, y'all. Who knows what inline skates I wore? I don't know what (laughs) we would substitute for that. Anyway, it goes on and on, and it is a song called Old Friends by Ben Rector, and I cannot even believe that I have four of my oldest friends in the room right now, my favorite people on the planet, and we have been talking about this episode for months and just so honored and excited that y'all would be on the podcast with us. So I'd love for y'all to introduce yourselves, tell where you live, maybe tell about your families, and we'll start there. Does that work? Sure. Now that I'm sorry, I made y'all cry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some <laughs> tissues? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. I know. I know who wants to start. I'll start. Okay. My name is Grace Ann Gore. Mulholland is how you all know me, but yes. um, I uh, currently live in Memphis, Tennessee. I lived out west for years and wanted to move closer back to my roots. My mom was still in Little Rock, so I moved to Memphis, which was close enough, and I'm just happy to be here. You drove right in for this. Yes. And how many kids do you have? I have five kids. <laughs> I'm Jenny Henry. You know me as Kaufman. My husband and I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he is a pastor at Fellowship Bible Church there. And we have four kids, and I have one little grandson. Yay! He's adorable. So fun. Okay, so thank you, sis. The waterworks are now going. Um, (laughs) But my name is Tammy McLean, and I live in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm married and have two boys, 19 and 23. And I'm delighted to be here with all of you. Hey guys, I'm Paige Davis Slates, Pulaski County's former junior miss. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so glad you included that. <laughs> and I am married to my college sweetheart, John Slates, who's also an Arkansan. And we have three children a junior at Baylor, a junior at St. Mark's in Dallas, and an eighth grade girl at Highland Park. Mm. And I'm just tickled and honored and blessed to be here. So. Wow. I'm so grateful y'all be here. And we're here because 
Is this our third scheduled reunion that we were going to try and do? We all turned 50 in COVID, as did David. And we were supposed to have a reunion that kept getting postponed and postponed. And now we're actually here. And we have three more friends who are coming in tonight for the weekend. So we could not be any more excited. And so, of course, I convinced them to come. I don't actually the other ones that I think maybe they conveniently are flying in late to not have to do this. Y'all are so gracious to be sitting here with us doing this right now. Yeah, I am surrounded by you all can't see obviously, um, beautiful, extraordinary women. I'm feeling a little outnumbered at this table today, (laughs) but super excited to get to be a part of this conversation. And I want to start by having you all just talk about how did you become friends? Who's willing to tell the story of how it originated? But Plasky Academy, we yes. all started in kindergarten together, right? Yes. Um, if not preschool. I went to Miss Selma's preschool. Tammy was my neighbor. That's how we met. We met before preschool. Wow. But all of us are kindergarten. The three of us were kindergarten, kindergarten. at Plasky and Academy. And I was, was later. later. I was later. Yeah, did so, you come in like Middle seven? school and then high school. Yeah. Yes. I came in fifth grade. She came in 10th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 10th grade? Really? Well, I knew y'all from church, though. Like, I knew Tammy from church. Okay. Yeah, middle and, school. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. I feel like we've known you since kindergarten, too. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel like that, too. I have pictures of bunking parties from, I mean, I bet we were five. six, five. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so little. And, Grease you know, we called them bunking parties. That was five. Mm-hmm. Grease lightning shirt. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> I love that picture. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. That's it's been a long time. Very long. Yes. And really, the reason. We often brainstorm what we want to do on podcasts and have lots of fun conversations on airplanes about who we want to have. And I think just sitting with girls in particular every day and hearing so many girls who struggle in friendships and thinking several of us were having lunch before and just, gosh, we were so lucky. I read a statistic once that said the amount of people who remain best friends from seventh grade to 12th grade, guess what percentage it is? Very low. One. Wow. Wow. One. Wow. Isn't that wild? And so the fact that we're still friends, I really thought, well, we need to get on here and tell our secrets. Not like our secrets about each other, but our because I just so want that for girls and want parents to feel encouraged that there are friends like that. And how can you kind of help find it? So anyway, a lot of different aspects of that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, and I can say that when I transferred in fifth grade, Grace Ann and I knew each other before I transferred. And so that felt really safe and good. Mm-hmm. But then I transferred to PA and you know, it was hard. I I came in and I just felt awkward and I didn't really feel liked. And I kind of had some bullying going on too right away. And Sissy was the first one that I had not met that just came in and was so kind and kind of saw, you know, saw me. And that just helped me feel safe and welcome. That's a strong memory in fifth grade for me. We played together on the playground. We did. Yeah. You actually probably kicked me the ball, and it felt really good. <laughs> I bet I couldn't have kicked the ball. So <laughs> when my daughter was in the sixth grade, one of my dearest friends who has a, a daughter about six years older than Hope, and I remember her saying, look around at her friends, because mm. they're going to change about 16 times before wow. they get to be seniors. And I was like, no way. That's mm. not going to happen. And it has. Yes. But it's been a great opportunity for me to help her to understand some of the things that we learned as friends about being there for one another, lifting Mm -hmm. one another up, not being jealous, being for each other, having, you know, encouragement for each other. I think we're missing some of that. There's just so much competition. That's so true. Knowing that all of you have developed 
relationships in different seasons of life. What's different about old friends? One of the things that I love about our friendships is I don't know when you cross over to this being true, but I feel like there's a time you hit where there's no longer any guilt. There's no like, I haven't talked to you in three months. Why haven't you called me? You're just delighted to get to talk to each other. And it feels like no time has passed. Yeah. I mean, you all look the same to me. You just pick right back up. And it feels like when you had depth in relationship, you can go right back to depth in relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something. Those are things that stand out to me. What would y'all? And you know so much about their families and their history and who they used to be. And we're all still who we used to yes. be. We may have had different experiences in life, but we're still the same people. Yeah. And no one knows us better than we know mm, each right. other, you know. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many new friends you make, they're not going to know what you used to like when you were little your, girl. Um, and, what was your car? Uh, the Topaz was your first car. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, my, Those kind of things. I had one better wrecked it, but yes, oh. that was my second car. <laughs> They, they all know that I wrecked a lot of cars as a teenager. They all wrecked a lot of cars. <laughs> yes. But nonetheless, it's just like, it's the history. Yes. Yeah. It's the history. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love when we started doing our text message however many years ago. Such a gift. Oh, it's just, mm. oh, it's so life-giving. I love it. Mm-hmm. We Me have too. a group text message that's been so fun. Yeah, I agree. That's the name of that group is Golden Friends or whatever, because we had that song that make new friends but keep the old. Yeah. <laughs> One is silver and the other is gold. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think of all you all as my golden friends. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And to kind of jump onto what you said, Sissy, that it just feels like no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Just complete, free, sweet, wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. Those are the words that come to mind when you ask that. Mm-hmm. How would you say your families played a role in each other's lives? Huge. Yeah. Huge role. Where to start? We were just Mm. talking about that earlier today, how all of our mothers were just almost without us even knowing, they were just there, their presence. And I was affected by each Mm. one of y'all's mothers in Mm -hmm. amazing ways. Mm. And mine just told me today, she said, tell them all that I love them. And I have Mm. nothing but the happiest memories Mm. because our moms all poured into us. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember I was shaving my legs at, your house for like the first time and I don't think I like put soap or water or anything on it and I ran down <laughs> to your kitchen and your mom was in there and I was like wait and I still have like a little scar on my leg from that whose house like, was that? Gracie in oh that's so great <laughs> and just so many memories with your mom all our families it was a collective effort in mm. raising all of yes. us really I think I can think of a specific memory with each of your moms where they came in and prayed with me and with you when I was spending the night at y'all's houses. That's awesome. Isn't that sweet? I know. And the other thing that that stands out to me too, it, I guess y'all know this story, but my dad told it when he was on our podcast, but Jennifer and I, just the two of us, dressed all in black one night and we tried to go steal street signs. Did y'all know that? Yes. <laughs> Genius. I don't know. Not random. <laughs> and of course, we couldn't get the one we wanted. So then we started trying to take a step stop sign, which is terrible. Someone could have died. But anyway, we were doing that. And so the police caught us and called our parents. And Jennifer and I laughed later because I didn't want to call her house for months. And she didn't want to call mine because I loved the Kennedys so much. I just thought, oh, I can't stand for them to be disappointed in me. And I think that kind of, which I would have felt the same way about all of your families. Did you cancel all your eye appointments? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yes. Dr. Kennedy was our, all our eye doctor. Yes. Um, well, one thing, though, that we did do with my parents, I remember I had just turned 16 and we were at a party.
party on Happy Valley. Oh, yeah. And I sideswiped a police car <laughs> a police and kept car. driving. <laughs> and so we all came home and we all got in bed with my parents. Yes. And we all told my parents what I had done. <laughs> Collectively. So yes, our our families were a huge influence on our lives. I think we sideswiped the police car and then drove away. Yes, we did. <laughs> Yes, we did. <laughs> I think all you all's mothers affected me by building my confidence. Mm. Things that wow. your own mother doesn't do. You know, I remember Sissy's mom specifically, Helen, pregnant with Kathleen, mm. and I was having a bad day or something, and her just giving me a big hug outside that little powder room in your hall, telling me everything was going to be okay. Mm. And I remember Dorothy singing to me over the breakfast table because song <laughs> is her way to make mm-hmm. people feel better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know your mom that well, but Libby Strawn was like my second mother, mm. and she made me think I was the best cook in the world, the most independent person, mm. and she just built me up to be the most confident kid ever. Mm. A lot of the confidence that I didn't get because I was always competing with my brothers, I got from you guys' mothers, mm. I think. Aww. Wow. That's so neat. So sweet. And likewise, just I think I just had so much fun at all mm. of your houses. Like It was just because I was an only child, so getting to go be at your homes with your siblings and just having all of this action was just so fun. And I don't know, I just always felt so loved and accepted and just like other families, so many other families. It was really just priceless. I remember my dad not being happy with you because you were kissing a boy in the back of the station I know. wagon. <laughs> but when you, said, when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, I know that feeling where you're hoping you're going to be forgiven and liked the next time. And apparently, Bob lo and behold, I was. You. Bob still does. <laughs> oh, boy. The way back of the station wagon. You remember those? Too? Totally. I love that we've gotten to kissing and stealing this soon in our conversation. <laughs> Getting real and, honest. Yeah, and we were the good girls. Cars. <laughs> Well, while we're being honest, we know that a lot of girl relationships can be marked by a little drama or some hurt feelings. So I'd love to know, what do you all think you did that solidified your friendship and made it different to even navigate some of those things? I think it was our faith that Mm -hmm. was the foundation of our friendship group. And we clung to each other in that. Mm. No question. And we encouraged each other in that it just doesn't seem that common today to have 14, 13, 14, 15-year-olds that talked about the Lord like we did so openly Mm -hmm. and just encouraged each other in our journey as opposed to like, come over here and let's get into trouble over here. I mean, that happened too. I'm not saying we were, you know, all little nuns walking around, but we cared about each other's faith. We really did. And we were for each other. In Christ, and that was just a saving grace that I certainly, that just helped me get through as unscathed as possible. Mm. The Bible studies at Angie's house on Friday night, those Mm. random things that most teenagers wouldn't do these Mm. days. No. Right? Making supper with each other. Yeah. 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 Around that, yeah. Mm. And, you know, one of, I think we were all there. Yeah, I know we were all there. Our most memorable experiences was that we all almost died together. Oh, Oh, yes. That was bonding. Yes, young we life. did. Yes. Young life. I think well, I saved everyone. Story. I, 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 I convinced <laughs> myself that I was you the one that pulled everyone out. You totally did. Yes. Right, saying you saved you the got, day. I didn't yes. know if I had made that part of the story up in my head as to, you know, make, you know, no, your you stories totally get more did. elaborate over right. the years. But I do remember 
stumbling out of that cabin. We had carbon monoxide leak in a young life cabin. We were all on a ski trip together. Which we love young life. Nothing yes. against yes. young life at all. We think it's a fabulous organization. It, it was, was just a great ago. thing. It was a strange thing, but we love young life. It was such a good influence on all of our yes. lives. Absolutely. But we were on a trip with the whole group and lots of other high school kids, like several buses full of high school yes. kids. And we were all in a cabin and strangely, everyone woke up and people were throwing up and headaches and stuff. And I just remember stumbling out of the cabin, opening in the door and going to get help because I knew something wasn't right. I have to interrupt you because that's not true. (laughs) Okay. See, I'm sorry. So like I wake up and go into the bathroom and I couldn't swallow a pill at this point. How sad at however old we were, 17. Not because of carbon dioxide poisoning. You just couldn't swallow. No, I couldn't actually. (laughs) She was taking baby medicine. I couldn't swallow a pill. So I asked the lady who was apparently the camp nurse, who was our counselor, if she had a way to cut a pill. So she gave me scissors. So I'm standing up trying to slice a pill in half to get that down because I had a terrible headache. All of a sudden I look over, Paige starts freaking out and she's like, oh my gosh, we're dying. What's happening? And none of us could move <laughs> our legs. In the Jenny passed out on the floor in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Grace Ann falls from the top bunk of her bed to the ground. Wait, where, yeah. Boom. Yeah, I'm going to pause actually and insert one more fact that she stood up and said... Are those your rollers? I was trying to do my yes, hot rollers. I do recall that. And no one answered her, and then she fell. Oh, I like, thought she fell out. out of the bed. I thought she fell. I thought you opened the door and fell, and your there was like that blood happened. On the I know I fell yes. out of the bunk, but then I think I went and put some hot rollers in my hair, <laughs> and then I fell out the door. All I know is that I had a couple big hot rollers in my hair. We were <laughs> while not you well. were bleeding. You had a well, I remember <laughs> you went to the cabin next door, and you were like. Scratched on the door. Scratching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the from door. the ground, close you to all being. A lot of us were taken in the emergency room, right? I didn't. No, know. just one person. One, I one think. person. Do okay. you remember what you said though? So Grace Ann slithers like a snake, and she slithers, crawls to the next door, and knocks on the door while she's lying on the ground. They open the door, and Grace Ann says, "We all have headaches because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know. No, we didn't I mean, know. the yeah. stages of it go: headache, nausea, hysteria, and then comatose. <laughs> That's right. I remember. We, we were, were, we were hysteria. hysteria. Yes. Dr. <sighs> Kennedy, Jennifer's dad, said if we had been asleep another hour, we all would have died. That's but the crazy. moral of the story is we survived. <laughs> we survived. And after that traumatic experience of near death, we walked back. We were able to rejoin the Young Life group of all the kids, all the hundreds of kids. <laughs> and we were in high school. And you 2s the streets that have no name, was playing. <laughs> and we all walk in as these, you know, survivors. Rock, rock stars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And across the way is my fourth grade boyfriend, Johnny Fogelman. <laughs> and there's playing the streets that have no name. And I'm like, we're meant to be. We had to get back together. I just had a near-death experience. Oh, by the way, Johnny said to tell you all hi. Oh, oh that's hi. him all the time. We keep up in text, no, text all the time. Aww. He was so disappointed we canceled in February. He's like, well, when are you going to reschedule? I like let you know. I remember the reason I thought of it, too, is after we all started recovering, we had lunch in the dining hall, just us. Mm -hmm. And we played Sandy Patty, some songs, blaring it. And we were sobbing and we all prayed together. Worshipping, so thankful we're alive. Yes, but but even how old were we? Like 15, 16? 15 or 16. Everything was so dramatic when you're 15 and 16, right? right? I'm sure we were just drama queens about the whole thing. Yes. Oh, we were. But it was scary. Uh huh. But I mean, we immediately went back to our faith. We did. Like collectively. Even in hysteria. Yes. We did. Yes. That was yes. our faith. And yes. Johnny Fogelman. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Johnny Fogelman listens to this. Because I, I think we might have all dated Johnny Fogelman. <laughs> I was Raise your hand friend. if you did not date Johnny Fogelman. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's hands are up. <laughs> 
good. Tammy doesn't. No, I, I didn't. You did, I Tammy. I, did. I did. Oh, good. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Second or the third funny grade. thing is, years later, there were some people that I knew that had gone to Young Life Camp after we had been there, and it's like an old folklore. Really? We are an old You're folklore. You're legendary. We are an old yeah. a lot of things these days. <laughs> we are. We're old a lot of things. That's right. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Johnny, I'm so glad you got a shout out <laughs> on this time today. All these hands raised. <laughs> we are so thrilled to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, Minnow is for you. A new streaming service designed just for kids. Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders, so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com to start your free trial. Okay, I love that story, and I want to ask you all this now. Out of what you have together, out of what you've experienced, how have you encouraged your kids in terms of building foundational relationships? One thing for me is it was so awesome to have a group of friends that felt the exact same, that were raised the same, that had the same values and morals and foundations, and we were there for each other. In a really hard time in high school when you're being pulled in all kind of directions. And I knew that these girls had my back and thought the same way and believed the same way, you know, and that was so encouraging. And I've told my kids, you've got to have at least one friend that y'all are like-minded and thinking the same so that you can have those moments when you are being pressured to do the things that you don't want to do. You know that that person is hanging in there with you. I've told them that so many times based on these friendships for me. And I think that we held our faith. That was the key. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all stemmed from for us. Mm-hmm. And that was the most important. I feel like what bonded us too is just being honest and authentic. Like I just feel like pursuing people and just bringing your real self, you're going to attract people that are that way when you yourself are comfortable just being your true self and not presenting something else there. And I think that's kind of what we were pretty good about. I mean, I feel like we were safe with each other and had each other's back. So I would say with my boys, that's something that I've tried to instill in them. Times have changed since we were kids. For sure, what we thought might have been unkind to say to one each other is nothing like these yeah. kids are doing now. Yeah. We can all sit here and act like we're experts on what we've told our children how to be, but I think the Lord has brought me here this weekend with you guys to get you all to remind me of why we have our friendship because I have a 17-year-old who is going into her senior year. She doesn't have that core group of friends like we had that she can fall back on, true friends. We had such solid friendships, and I'm so grateful for that. It almost makes it harder to help a child. I can't relate to these girls not caring for her, being kinder to her. So I hope to get some good advice from each of you because I know Mm. that she's going to be fine and her faith is the most important thing. I've really been just telling her, you need to be the friend you want to be. You know, we've made a list of what are qualities in a good friend. Mm. Write down, and then instead of looking for those qualities in other people, you make yourself all of those Mm. qualities Mm -hmm. because you be a good friend and good friends will come to you and Mm. that kind of thing. 
So go back to like why we're sitting here is because we have such a great foundation of Mm. of friendship. And I'm sorry that my daughter doesn't have that too. Yes. I was telling Sissy earlier about the fact that I'm so thankful. Honestly, we did not have phones. We were talking about this and we Mm. didn't have social media and we didn't have all that stuff. (laughs) It's exhausting for Mm. these kids. Even my daughter says, mom, I'd love to live back when you did. We was way easier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. There are a lot of people listening whose kids don't have the experience that we were so blessed to have. And you know, I think they're all going to find their people at some point. And for some kids, it's not elementary school, kindergarten. And in some kids, it's not middle school. And some kids, I mean, I have counseled so many girls that it's not till college that they find their people. And then they just soar. And that they experience a lot of hard knocks along the way. And I think often it's the kids who have kind of traversed this time with the same kids in a small group and they get kind of stuck. And this is not her at all. But one of the other things that I see happen a lot is I think we're such a perfectionist society that like, Mm -hmm. I think people could even listen to us talk and think we all were a hundred percent on each other's team the whole time and never got irritated with each other or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that is not true. I mean, we did along the way. And thankfully we didn't have social media where we could have tweeted it or Snapchatted at somebody else. But I, I sat with a sixth grade girl recently who's a perfectionist and she was saying, you know, I just am annoyed with so-and-so and so-and-so. And I just don't know if I want to be their friend anymore. And I said, you're going to get annoyed with everyone along the way. That's mm-hmm. just part of growing up. I think in this, it's such a double-edged sword because there are times that you know that your kids are in distress and you know they're experiencing bullying and it's really hard. And then There's this other side of social media where everything looks so perfect Then I think kids Mm. and we can expect perfection. And so just the normal little bit of conflict, irritated with each other, someone stole Johnny Fogelman, you know, whatever, (laughs) that then then they stop being friends now. I forgot to tell you, I stole Johnny Fogelman. (laughs) I knew. (laughs) Yeah, there's just a lot that complicates it. And so, yeah. So how do you find your kids' friends? It's hard, and it's a great question. And I think, you know, part of going to high school is navigating friendships and yes. learning how to find real friends and be yes. a real friend. So she, I know she'll she'll be fine. Yeah. It's just I have a hard time sitting here acting like an expert. Yes, Giving advice Thank because, you. boy, do I still have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're speaking for thousands of parents who feel exactly like you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to also ask you all, what would you want to tell your 13 or 15-year-old self? I would definitely want to say to her, you are strong Mm. and you're courageous Mm. and you're going to be okay, you know, and you have such a great support system, you really do, but just really trust that there's just a lot of good stuff going on in there. And it's just going to be a beautiful life. And you can just know that that's coming. And just the redemption is beautiful. And just kind of hang in there and you're going to be okay. More than okay. (laughs) (laughs) Something that's on my heart that I'm constantly telling my kids is never be too prideful that you can't go ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness. My brother and I were estranged for about 10 years. And it was just all over really some silly stuff with some of our parent and dysfunction. But through COVID, we went to counseling and learned how to love one another and how Mm. to be there for one another and have forgiveness for one another. It has metamorphosized our relationship and my relationship with his wife that was not good either. 
and what God has done in and through that. I just want my kids, and I've told my kids this, because I was not a good model for that during that time, but I want my kids to know, don't ever think that someone's too far gone. Mm. That's an advice I would love to give myself. Mm. Don't ever give up on somebody, Mm. you know, even a friend, whatever it is. Like we were talking about talking to your old friend that you hadn't connected with. Even if there's something there between you that you Mm. haven't forgiven, it's never too late. This side of heaven, I mean, that's what God calls us to do. I think I would tell my 13-year-old self that the need to please everyone around Mm. you isn't as important as I thought it was. What's more important than pleasing everyone is just being your true self, being Mm. who you are, letting those accept you for who you are instead of trying to mold and become who you are around and never just to try to fit in, but just to stay true to who she is at 13, because I know as we all grow up, who we're hanging around with, we all try to be other people. And I wish that I had stayed true to my 13-year-old self. Mm. And I think it's so easy to look back now and see that God had a plan, but to tell that 14-year-old Paige that indeed he does have a plan and he's building these people around you as a fortress to sort of carry you through these next years and then carry me to this day that we Mm. sit here. Yeah. And have faith in that. Hmm. It's never too late to stop growing. That's a good thing. Constantly growing. Doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 50. Hmm. Always be in the place where you're growing. And God's plan may not us. be our plan or yeah. at the time. That's right. It, it's God's plan. Yeah, we're either growing or shrinking. So let's keep <laughs> growing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> I think I would add that I wish I had known that God was going to use it all. You know, mm-hmm. that that every heartache, every time I felt lonely, every silly... I mean, sometimes I think I am just doing Y-teens my whole life. Like, <laughs> I, I'm still leading songs. You know, like yeah. the things that I look back on my life and I think I had no idea that in this random little leadership position I was in or this random thing I learned to do that he was like crafting who he had called me to be. And even in the painful parts that it was all part of what he was doing. And I wish somebody had been able to say, you know, like what you're saying, hang in there Mm -hmm. in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, hang in there because God's going to use this. It made me think about, I really wish what somebody would have said to me is the Dan Allender quote. We talk about all the time that you are the only you this world will ever know, and something about you is meant to make something about God known in a way that no one else can. I wish someone had said that to me at 13. I like that. I know, I know one more so thing true. I would say, is, and I've told this to my kids, is that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what mistakes, the good, the bad, all of it is a part of each one of our stories. Yeah. And that I'm so thankful for the story, mm-hmm. even the bad stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes that I would have a regret about. I don't need to have a regret because that was a learning moment for me, and it's part of my journey. It's part of my story. It's part of your story, mm-hmm. yours. You know, mm-hmm. all of us have different points, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, and I'm thankful for a group of friends like this that still loves each other, even though they know all their stories. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Let me ask you all this. What would you say to any parent listening who wishes they could reconnect with their friends? From growing up, do it. Mm. Yeah, immediately. It's never too late. Yes. Yeah. And I actually 
cherish and appreciate these friendships even more now because we're all learning from each other still and growing together. And to have that history is just extraordinary. Mm. Such Mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we had a clue when we were little that this relationship would be as equally important as it was when we were in third grade. No. And in fact, I tell that to my kids. I'm very close to my brother, who's five years older than I am. I tell my children, I'm like, this is all fun. Y'all are having fun as siblings right now. I said, but when you become an adult, you will depend and communicate and work together as siblings with an even higher important relationship, just like these friendships are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me. It's so true. Yeah. And yeah. you know how we all just want to be known, mm. bottom line. So mm-hmm. just pick up the phone and call because... They want to be known just as much as you want to be known. And sometimes it just takes, you know, one person to take Mm. that first step. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, here we are. And this just feels so good. But Mm. it does take courage to do that. But my advice would be pick up the phone and take the first step. Yeah. We can talk about all the horrible things about social media, but that's sure a cool thing. That's easy. Yes. Yes. It's an easy Mm -hmm. place to connect. No real risk there too much. But I still regret not being on Facebook because I missed out on you all's kids being babies and little mm. yeah. in the 2000s when everyone was hopping on Facebook. I'm like, I don't have time for this. Right. I know my cupcakes are the best. I'm not gonna. I don't have to post them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, yeah. really regret it. Like, looking back, I'm like, gosh, mm. I really missed. A, thank goodness for Christmas cards. That's yes, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think the other thing that stands out to me, thinking about just sitting around the table and listening to you all talking, is, and you even spoke to this, like what you had to work through to be here, to be in this room, and that all of you prioritize this time together. I think about how excited you've been about this conversation and this time. And I think for any parent listening to, we talk so much about the importance of having time away from your kids Mm -hmm. and the gift of them getting to see you prioritize friendships. Mm -hmm. And you all are like living evidence of that, Mm -hmm. like just listening to you and hearing the history and just so unbelievably grateful you all would come and be a part of this conversation with us. I think it's going to be a gift to so many parents to hear. Mm-hmm. And we like to end with something kind of fun. We're great lovers of tacos. I have had the legendary mm-hmm. Heights tacos in your former hometown. We would love to know your favorite taco. That's where we want to move at this point in the conversation. Well, if I may, and this may be a group table agreement, not only the best taco, but the best queso, Taco kid. Taco kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Taco 100%. kid. 100%. Oh. Is that, is that where we skip school to yes. go? Yes. yes. A lot. Probably okay. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. I like Tacos for Life in Little Rock. It's a good place. I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. And they like give the a lot tacos of their, they give a lot of their money, you know, like you buy a taco and they give money towards oh, missions. Cool. So they were real missions minded. Yeah. I like their tacos. My favorite taco is in San Miguel. Mm. It's called Andy's which is so weird. You know, he doesn't speak English, but, you know, his name is Andy. Andy. <laughs> and it's like a dollar twenty-five. I don't know. It was the best taco I've ever had in my life. Mm. I'll never forget it. It changed my life, kind of. I didn't know if you went, what, flavor tacos or the location? Either. You go anywhere like, you I want I like tacos al pastor. Ooh, yes. Mexican food in our household is just food. I could eat a burrito or taco for every meal. I mean, that's our genre of food we love. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Am I supposed to say my favorite taco? Mm-hmm. You are. You're a guest today on the well, show. Well, <laughs> we just had lunch at Ladybird Taco. And mm. I mean, I think anything with them. And we're just such big fans of Keely and Gabe and going to have them on the show at yes, some point. Yes, we are. Yes. So, Ladybird. 
we did not talk about singing in the car to Michael Jackson. <laughs> I feel like we cannot have a conversation without saying. ABC. I know. ABC. 80s R&B was like one, two, our three, lifeline. Or Steve Winwood. Or Steve yeah. Winwood. Yeah. Higher love. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Gosh. I'm just, yeah. Love that one. I'm so thankful for you all. Just, I'm so thankful for, how old are we? What is it? 42 is that years necessary? of friendship? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about our age. <laughs> can leave that out. Thank y'all. I love you guys. So grateful we love for you. We love, we love you. Love you. Love Thank you so, so proud much. of you, Shazzy. Oh, no. so yeah, we're your biggest fans. Yes. Don't ever forget it. Because of friends of friends forever. <laughs> when the Lord's the Lord of them. <laughs> There's our outro right there. We no, got it. We got our outro. That's so good, Paige. Way to end it. Oh, y'all. That was our theme song, baby. It, it was. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gomino.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.